0: Likute Sicha Khelikutes Volume 19, the Sicha for Bracha slash Simchas Torah. Just in his introduction, a few points. Number one, a Simchas Torah, as we all know, we complete the annual Torah reading cycle, which we read every single Shabbat consecutively. We complete it on Simchas Torah, and immediately we begin. The new cycle, we usher it in by reading a small portion from the very first parsha, Parshas verashas. Another thing, another point, shechiyanu. Every festival, being that it's a new mitzvah, it's like a brand new thing, uh, new in its season, like any other mitzvah which we do for the very first time in its season, we make a shechiyanu. The women make it when they, they recite it, that is when they light the candles that's when they usher in the festival the respective chag and we the men we recite the shekhianu when we make the kiddish when it's our formal uh I- I invite our formal so to speak induction of the holiday of the said festival now this applies not only to the first night of yom Tif, not only to the first night of this of festivals of each festival Rather, it also goes on the second night, even though the second night we observe because of a rabbinic decree, yet it's considered to be a mitzvah itself, and once again we recite the Shechiyon. Another thing that's worth mentioning, Yom Kippur. What happened on Yom Kippur historically? Well, the first time around, Yom Kippur was the time that Hashem forgave us unconditionally for the terrible sin of the golden calf, and thus we became full-fledged balay tshuva, returnees to Hashem. And that's when we received the second set of lucha, the second set of tablets. And along with that, as the sages tell us, came a tremendous gift, which was not given to us prior to that, which was not made available to us prior to that, and that is most of the Torah Sheval most of the oral law that we have today, for example, the Mishnah, the Medrash, the Mishnah, the Talmud, and so on. Let's go into the Sicha. The very last day of this festival, the festival of Sukkot, is, is actually different than any last day of any given festival. You see, when you have a given any given festival, the last day, even if it has what seems to be a unique name, a unique classification, but really all it is is just the end of that respective festival. For example, the last day of Pesach is called Acharayin shel Pesach, the last day of Pesach. But notice, it's not anything unique in itself. It's just telling us this is the completion of the entire festival. Yes, it's the second day for the seventh of Pesach. For example, in Israel, they don't have an Acharayin Shil Pesach. We only have it in the Diaspora, most of the world, outside of Eretz Yisroel. But this is an indicator that this is the end of the festival. However, when it comes to this festival, Simchas Torah. There's something very unique, something very different, and what is that? The name indicates that it's something exclusive in itself. It's something unique. It's not just merely the second day of Shmini Atzeres, which notice Shmini Atzeres, even though it is an exclusive festival, but yet it's Shmini, it's eighth, it's the end of Sukkot, it is the prologue to Sukkot, whereas Simchas Torah. Is not merely a second day to Shmini Atzeres, but it has its own unique name. It has its own classification. What is this all about? So, if we look into Shulchan Aruch, we see the notes of the Rama, who is the Ashkenazic authority in the Shulchan Aruch, which we go by. He says this day is called Simchas Torah, because on this day we rejoice and we make elaborate feasts for the completion of the Torah. In other words, that this day, Simchas Torah, is not just merely another day of festival, but it is unique. It is something exclusive. This is the day of the celebration of the completion of Torah. This will help us better understand something that the previous Rebbe once said. The previous Rebbe said that on the night of Simchas Torah, When we recite the Shechiyonu, whether it's when lighting the candles or when reciting the Kiddush, we not only are saying the Shechiyonu on the day, meaning on the celebration of another day of festival, on the day that is the last day of Yontif, but the the Shechiyonu which we say goes on Torah. In other words, we actually have to have that in mind and understand that what we're saying is not just merely reciting the Shechiyonu, on the opportunity to observe another mitzvah namely the mitzvah of another day of yontif but that this Yanu goes on the torah question is if you think about it for a second what do we do on simchas torah on simchas torah we complete the torah it is gemara shel torah. that's what we quoted it from the ramah from the shulchan aruch now typically when do you say a Yanu? you say Yanu on a new thing when you endeavor, when you start something new, you're going to do a mitzvah which you haven't done for an entire season. You're going to do something new. You're opening a new chapter. That's when you recite a Yanu. So how, could, how can the previous Rebbe say, what did he mean by, by what he said, that the Shechianu goes on Torah, when the day of Simchas Torah is the completion of the Torah. That's when we finish the cycle of the Torah reading. True. It's a great joy. It's a tremendous joy. But still, that is not the criteria for when we recite Shechiyonu. Shechiyonu, like I said, is only when you start something new. The answer is that the Shechiyonu, which we say, on, and, and our previous letter said we have in mind, the Torah, is not so much about the completion of the Torah, but the, it's on the fact that we're starting the Torah anew. The fact that when we start the Torah, Once again, and like I mentioned in the introduction, we make sure to read at least a small portion from the new cycle, even though it's not the most formal reading because we're going to do it on the following Shabbos, on Shabbos Moratius, but still, the fact that we now have set ourselves into a new cycle, this is something so new, this is something so special, this is something so unique that it calls for a Shekhi Question. Torah is something which needs to be learned Torah is an endeavor which never really stops it has to be learned and studied all the time and therefore in that sense the Torah never really finished it never really ends it does not really end and no beginning it would seem it's a constant cycle and therefore the question is what is so new over here in other words, what is the uniqueness of the, the quality of something new? What is the novelty here for which we wa- it warrants a Shekhyonu, for which we can justifiably say a Shekhyonu? It would seem to be a question. And the truth is, if you really think about it, the fact that we start a small portion from the new cycle doesn't seem to be really so significant. It's just in order not to stop... Not to end with finishing the Torah, but you know, you always start off every time you finish, you start off a little for the new to show that we want it to continue. It's a continuous cycle. So what's really something new here? It seems to just be a continuation to what we've been doing the year, that past year, the year before, the year before, and all the way back for thousands of years. The answer is what is Torah? Torah is Chmash Baruch Hu. Torah is the wisdom of Hashem himself. It's the wisdom that he imparted from himself to us and he gave us the Torah. In there, he invested, he invested his great infinite wisdom. Notice the word infinite. Since Hashem is infinite, Hashem is Ein Sof, therefore, it comes out that the Torah, the Chachma that he imparted on us, is also Ein Sof, has no finite ending. And therefore, when we begin the Torah, once again, it's not just merely starting over the same thing that we did in the past, it's not just merely doing what we have done before, but we actually are taking it to another level. In other words, we're taking it to a disproportionately higher level than ever before, than any previous level we had before. And this, of course, is what constitutes the great, tremendous joy of Simcha's Torah. It's the Simcha, the the joy, that we managed to finish one manner, one aspect, one level of Torah, and now we're ready and we're starting, we're taking it to the next level, which is exponentially higher, and disproportionately higher than anything we've ever had before. Even though, in other words, notwithstanding the fact that our intellect, that is our human intellect, is of course finite, no matter how smart one is, no matter how wise one is, but still we're finite beings. And therefore it follows that our intellect is also finite. And therefore the question is, how, how could we possibly go to another infinite level, which is disproportionate to anything we have before? The answer is because when we connect our seichu, when we connect our intellect to the Torah, to the intellect of Hashem, we now assume that ability to become somewhat of infinite thinkers, if I may, and experience that infinity by going now to a greater, higher level in Torah, which is exponentially higher than ever before. Where do we see an example of this? In other words, an actual example in the Torah. So we find a very interesting story in the Gemara. The Gemara tells us that there was one of the greatest of the sages, Rabbi Zerah, who, when he went, he left Babel, he left Babylonia with all its Torah academies, and he, so to speak, graduated. He wanted to take it to the next level, to a higher level, and he emigrated to the land of Israel. And there, he says, tells us the Talmud, there he sat, he observed a hundred fast days. In other words, he was totally immersed in prayer and in fasting, asking Hashem to help him, quote, forget the Talmud of Babel, forget the study of Babel, the Babylonian uh, uh, manner of learning, and in order for him not to be distracted, in order for him not to have the confusion and for him to be able to better absorb and better appreciate the learning, the style of learning that is, Of the land of Israel. Now, why did he have to forget? Notice he he prayed so hard, a hundred fast days, in order to forget his past learning. It would seem that that's the wrong approach, because typically, when it comes to matters of intellect, the more you know, the easier for you is to climb the ladder of intellect. The more prior knowledge you have, the better you can grasp and understand the the next level of understanding. So it would seem. But the answer is, because the contrast in the style of learning between Talmud Bavli and Talmud Yerushalmi, between the Babylonian way of of study and the way of studying Eretz Yisrael, which was in a tremendously refined manner, and, and disproportionately refined and greater than compared to the style of learning in Bavel, which the style of learning in Bavel, as, as it says in, in, in the sources, is actually hinted to in the verse that says, that Hashem made me dwell, so to speak, in darkness. There's a certain sense of darkness. Of course, it's Torah. But compared to the, quote, light and clarity and purity of thinking, of the Talmud of Eretz Yisrael, of that style of learning of Eretz Yisrael, the style of learning of Babel is considered to be somewhat of a darkness, somewhat of a distorted way of learning. And therefore for him to take, to be able to now appreciate Torah on a disproportionately higher level, he needed to, so to speak, forget that. He had to get that out of the way because he realized he's going to something which is infinite compared to where he was before. He didn't want to be stuck in the previous thing. So this explains to us that when you end one level of learning and you go into the next level of learning, we see here a, a clear living example of how it's an infinitely higher thing, totally disproportionate to whatever was before. It's not just taking it up a one notch, but it's going to a disproportionately higher level that, so to speak, has no connection to what was there before. And this will help us understand another thing. Why wasn't Simchas Torah established when it would seem the most logical thing to do on the day that we received the Torah? On Shavuos, that's when we received the Torah anew. Why is it specifically now? Why didn't we take that time of the year, which is the time, the actual annual, uh, 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 you know, date on the, I'm sorry, the actual date on the calendar when we received the Torah, which commemorates the actual day which we received the, the, the Torah. Why don't we celebrate the Torah then? Why do we celebrate it now at this time of the year? The answer is because now we're celebrating after we have completed Yom Kippur. After Yom Kippur, we went on the day which marks the anniversary of when we became the Bali Chuba, as I said in the introduction. And we received the second set of tablets. Thus, with that, we received an exponentially higher level of Torah. And now when we go through Yom Kippur, not only do we celebrate the past, do we commemorate the anniversary of that. But once again, because we went through the process of tshuva, because we went through the process of Kapora of atonement, we become like a new mitzis. we all became like new entities, and therefore now we are prepared, now we're able, now we're clear to take the Torah to a whole different level. Now is the time to celebrate, now is the time to get into that new realm, so to speak, new infinite level of Torah, of Torah learning. And this is where we can now also appreciate the direct connection between the Parsha we read on Simchas Torah and Simchas Torah. The Parsha is Esau Sabracha. When was Esau Sabracha said? When did this take place? This took place in the final hours of Moshe's life. It says this is the blessing that Moshe blessed the children of Israel before his passing. It was literally hours before his passing. As he was about to depart. His career is literally at the end. What's one of the main verses in the Bracha? It says over there, Torah, Tziva, Lanu Moshe. The Torah which Moshe commanded us. The Torah which Moshe imparted on us. Now what does it mean that Moshe gave us the Torah? It obviously would bring us to the obvious conclusion that Moshe was on the highest and most complete level of Torah understanding. Because if you have to teach it to others, in this case, Moshe is the person through whom Hashem transmitted Torah. He is the transmitter of Torah. So obviously he was on the highest level that one could possibly be in in, in understanding, in the grasp of Torah. So when we say Torah Tzivallana Moshe, that means up to that point, he was on the highest possible level of Torah. Yet, later in the Parsha, Again, closer to his passing, there's a verse that says, "Va'yal Moshe ascended from the plains of Moav, Elhar Nevo, to Mount Nebo. But this is not just merely an interesting fact, an interesting anecdote. It has very, very great depth. The Arizal, the Kisev Harizal, in the writings of the Arizal, it's brought down that the the name of the mountain, why is it important for us to know exactly which mountain he ascended? Because the name holds a tremendous meaning. The word nivo could actually be read nun, the letter nun, which is 50, the numerical value of 50, bo in it. That nun, bo, there's 50 in it, which is telling us that Moshe, something which he did not merit And the fact is nobody ever can marry. This is something which is beyond the capacity of even the greatest scholar, the highest level of of Torah scholar can never, ever, ever achieve this. And that is to ascend to, to appreciate, to come to an, an understanding, a connection to the 50th level of Bina, of understanding in Torah. That level is beyond, is beyond any reach. But Moshe in his final hours on this world, Hashem rewarded him and gave him the nun bo, the 50th aspect of Torah in it. In other words, Moshe achieved, Moshe experienced, in Bezos HaBrachah, he experienced something which is above and infinitely beyond anything he experienced before. Says the Rebbe, this is a hint, this is actually telling us what every single Jew experiences in the, uh, 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 um, on Simchas Torah, when we read this parsha, that every single Jew experiences an infinitely higher level in Torah than he ever had before, than he was ever able to do before. Every single Jew experiences that. And that explains the great joy of Simchas Torah. And that goes back to what we asked and answered why we make the Shechianu on the Torah because we're not just finishing the Torah, we're now achieving Torah in an exponentially higher level, disproportionate to ever before, infinitely disproportionate to ever before. But of course the question is, wait, based on what we just explained, number one, it would seem that this only applies to the great Torah scholars, people who are really capable of studying Torah, and now they're capable of appreciating that they have been now, so to speak, projected to a greater level. They've ascended to an infinite level. But the simple people, people who maybe don't even typically study Torah, they just merely hear the reading of Torah, or maybe not even that. What significance does it have to them? And we find that everybody rejoices in Simchas Torah. In fact, it's not just the scholars, it's not just the rabbis, not just the Torah students who dance on Simchas Torah, it's everybody. Everybody feels this This inner joy, this natural joy that just comes bursting out of every single Jew. Moreover, another question. It would seem if this is the case, then Simchas Torah, we should sit down and study Torah. Read Torah as much as possible. But in fact, what do we find? What is the reality? That most of the day, with the exception of the little time that we actually read the Torah just to complete the Torah reading, most of the time goes away on what? On dancing with the Torah, not even using our heads, using our feet. The Torah is closed. The Torah is not accessible, so to speak. Certainly not on an intellectual level. And it's something which everybody does, and this is the normal thing. So how do we explain that? How do we explain, on the one hand, that, every, that the, 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 the joy is because of the great, tremendous level that we achieve on Simchas Torah? In Torah, a whole new infinite level compared to what was there before, and yet we don't study Torah. It doesn't require just the, or it's not, I'm sorry, it's not just applicable to the great Torah scholars who are going to appreciate this on some level, but rather to every single Jew. And this is where the second half of that verse comes in. The second half of that verse towards Siblana Moshe is Yaakov, that this is an inheritance of the entire congregation of Jacob what does it mean what is the qualities what is the characteristic of a of an inheritance inheritance is something which requires no active acquisition no active act of acquisition in fact the rule is that even a fetus in the mother's stomach that his father passed away, the virtue of the fact that he is there and he is now some form of life, he already inherits all his father's estate. He's not even capable of doing any transactions, he's not even capable of speaking. He's not even there out there in the world to breathe his own breath. And yet he's already acquired it. That means the fact is that it becomes it that the fact that something is a Yerusha, And inheritance means that it's automatic. It automatically affects you whether you could or can't appreciate it, whether you could or can't understand what is going on and what's taking place. And this explains what happens. On Simchas Torah, indeed, we get the Torah, we receive a whole new level in Torah, which, like we said, is infinitely and, and, and exponentially higher than anything that was there before. This doesn't only apply to or affect those who can actively study Torah. This affects every single Jew, because like it says in this verse, it's my Rosh And this affects every single Jew, whether they realize it or not, not only in the Torah study, but in their actions, in the way they live, in the way they behave, in the way they appreciate life. And therefore, this calls for a Shekhiyanu by every single Jew, because the, just the mere knowledge of this Knowing that on this day, on Simcha's Torah, we receive a new Torah, a Torah on a whole new level that was never there before, this calls for the greatest joy. This is the criteria of saying Shechianu. Now, I do want to note that I did skip several chapters of this Sikha and... Those chapters focus in on the actual meaning of the blessing of Sheikh Yanu and how it applies here. It's worthwhile to study it, but in order to keep the Sikha less than 25 minutes, I chose to, um, to skip that particular part.